Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. All right, moms, this is wrap-up day. We're going to wrap up our attention, obsessive-compulsive, perfectionist-control-freak series where we're using chill out as our acrostic to get over ourselves. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, like I said, today we're going to wrap up this series. It's been five parts. This is the last one. And instead of doing the review now, I'm going to save the review for after because I'm going to extend it a little bit. And I really hope that this has encouraged you. I remember when I first went to develop this presentation many, many moons ago now, God just taught me so much through it. In fact, I'll give you a little secret. Those of us who do this professionally, God generally moves us to develop and to teach things that He's working out in us. It's very true. And I don't know about other people, but I know that the talks that people ask me to give, it's because I'm in that season again. And so even this time, as I've gone through this study again with you um, on this podcast, God has been so good and shown me so many new things and deeper truths and called me nearer to Him. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm really grateful to be on this journey with you of transformation. We need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to raise the bar. I want to suggest to you that we need to encourage each other. The world is trying to pick us off and pull us down. And so that's what this podcast is for, is so that we can raise the bar for each other, so that we can encourage each other. And I really do pray that that's happening for you. So we have come all the way now to action item number eight. The last letter for our acrostic is the T on the word out. And for this one, I want to challenge you to chill out by take taking no credit and just thanking God. 
So if you are finding yourself rushing around and pursuing these mindset standards from the enemy of perfectionism or obsessive compulsive or the other one, control freak, I just forgot it for just a second. If you're chasing after all of that, probably part of the mentality in that is you want credit for it, right? You want other people to notice. And I don't know that there's been another time in the history of the planet when we have been more self-obsessed with getting strokes and likes and encouragement from other people. You know, we're in that era of everybody gets a trophy. And this is contributing to that. And we want credit. We want other people to notice. It's astounding to me. I'm old enough to say this. It is truly remarkable to me that we have embraced individuals sitting around in public spaces taking pictures of themselves, posting them, I mean, that's just shocking. And we have a whole generation, and to them, it's just normal. But for those of us who are a little older, I, I, I still see people do that and just shake my head. I'm like, when did that become an okay thing? And we need to make sure that as we are seeking to become the women that God has planned for us to be in our roles as wives and mothers and neighbors and friends and daughters— We need to make sure that we remember that it's not about us and we don't need to be focused on getting the credit for this, whatever this is, whether it's what we do in our ministerial roles, our service roles, our roles as a wife or a mother or an employee or a manager or a neighbor. It cannot be about us. Probably one of my most favorite animated movies is The Incredibles, and I have for several years said that I need to do a whole presentation on The Incredibles, and I still have that on my list of things to do, but I'm just going to do a little excerpt from that film today. So in the movie The Incredibles, the first one, you've got Bob, or Mr. Incredible, and he's married to Helen Parr, and she's Elastigirl, right? And they're supers. And, but the super world has been closed down. So if you haven't seen this movie, first, you need to. But secondly, um, it's, it's really wreaking havoc on Bob because Bob doesn't know who he is if he's not Mr. Incredible. He is used to saving people and getting kittens out of trees. I mean, he's used to being the man and now he can't be who he's created to be. Stay with me now, because I think this film, Pixar got it right. There's an intact family that functions best when they all operate in their gifting. It's powerful. And so you've got the main character, Bob, who can't operate in what he's created to do. He's created to be Mr. Incredible. And he can't. He's got to sell insurance. And it is killing him. It's literally killing him. So unbeknownst to Helen, his wife, he and an old friend, another super, who neither one are supposed to be doing anything super, are going out on the side at night under the guise of going bowling or something like that. They are actually going out and doing super things. They're saving people and they're stopping robberies and they're doing all this because they're listening to the police radio. And Helen doesn't know that. Helen actually, his wife, actually thinks that Bob is just going out with his friend. But he's not. 
So she gets to be suspicious, and he comes home one night, and he doesn't see her anywhere, and he's getting the last piece of cake. It's a great scene. And she is like, where have you been? And he has a a little piece of rubble on his shoulder because he saved somebody from a collapsing building. And she's like, what's this? And he goes, what does it matter to you if I save somebody from a falling building? And she said, it's not about you. It's a really, really powerful moment in that movie. And there are lots of other little quotes from that movie that are quite powerful and true. But that is the thing that we have lost in this cultural moment right now, is we have an entire culture made up of individuals who think it is all about them. And they think that that's a good thing. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we must remember that it is not about us. It can't be. It collapses on itself. If everybody is only about them, we all lose that. And it goes down really badly and really hideous. That is not the gospel message. Remember, what is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. There's the implication there that you care for yourself, therefore you care for your neighbor, but you don't care for yourself above everybody else. And we need to get back to that. And I'm going to suggest to you, especially as moms, we have moms obsessed with controlling and imaging their family and posting on social media and creating this ideal on social media. And they get their ego stroked by however many people like or agree or rant with them, right? We've got to turn that around. That's not good for our souls. That is not good for our flourishing. We need to make sure as moms that we are not taking credit. We have got to point our kids to God. We need to make sure that we say to our kids, look what God did. Look what God did. Just a little bitty tiny example. I remember when the kids were really little, we had um, the nursery right next to our room. And I would go in in the morning after I would allow the baby to sort of talk because I just love the little baby sounds when they're little bitty. And now I have grandkids and I still love the little baby sounds or the little toddler sounds when they're still in their bed, right? Anyway, I would let them talk for a while, and I would enjoy listening to them on the baby monitor. And then finally, you know, they get to that level of talk where they're starting to get upset, and you want to go in before they lose it. So I would let them get to that place, and then I would go in, and I would open the door, and I would say, good morning. And I would sweep the baby up in my arms, and I would open the blinds, and I would say, look at the beautiful day that God has given us today. First thing. Look at this beautiful day that God has given us today. And I'm going to tell you, it didn't matter what was going on outside. I said the same thing every day. God has given us this day. And it that filters down through all of the different things. Look what God has done. Look what he's shown us. Look what he's teaching us. Look how he's provided for us. Constantly, completely pointing your kids to God. Moms, there's a temptation for us to take credit for what we're doing. 
But we need to raise a generation that is mindful and aware of how God is moving. God is continually moving. We see this in a couple of places, and I don't know that I included these on your outline, so I want to make sure you get them here. These may be familiar passages to you, but they apply to this point of taking no credit. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 For by grace you have been saved, through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So fundamentally, in this whole issue of taking credit, you and I need to make sure we remember that our salvation is not a result of something we have done. It's a gift from God. We couldn't have done it. We couldn't have achieved it. God did it in sending his only son, continuing on, not as a result of works, which I just mentioned, so that no one can boast. In other words, you can't do this. And that's really a good thing, because if you could, you go around boasting about it. You go around telling everybody, here's the, here's the deal. We have people today going around doing that exact thing. They are going around boasting about everything that they've done. And it doesn't amount to anything. Anything. The most important, significant thing that has ever occurred in human history happened on the crossbeam of Calvary when Jesus laid down his life to pay the sin debt for you and for me. That's the most important thing that ever happened. And you and I had nothing to do with it. Our sin put him there. There is nothing we could have done. Only he could do what he did. And yet, we have people, sometimes me, boasting about what I've done. I've got nothing. He has done it all. Jesus paid it all, the old hymn sings. Continuing then to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, So we can't do good works to earn our salvation, but as a result of the gift of salvation, we were created to do good works. And those good works come out of a thankful heart. When we get what he did, when we get what we did to put him on the cross of Calvary, when we acknowledge how sinful we are and that that sin separates us from a holy, mighty God. God cannot be where sin is. And that's why the blood of Calvary is necessary to wash us white. And so we get to do good works because we get what he did on Calvary. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God has a plan for you and for me to walk out in good works and our appreciation for what he's already done. Secondly, over in Philippians, again, you're probably familiar with this passage. Also, Philippians 2, 12 through 13, picking up in verse 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not always in my presence, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So he says, work this out. But here's verse 13. This is key. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work 
for his good pleasure. He's at work in us. We can't take credit for this. This is him working in us, working out our salvation in and through us, giving us what we need every day. And I'll give us some practical examples of that when we come right back. So as to a practical example of taking no credit, I can remember when all the kids were home and one of the things that I really struggled with as a homeschool mom, which may shock you because I think many people believe that this is a prerequisite for being a homeschool mom, I struggled with patience. And so I don't know if you think that everyone who homeschools is just automatically patient, but I'm here to tell you, confess to you, I didn't. I didn't qualify in that way. If that's a qualification, I failed that qualification. And what I learned in the process of walking out my sanctification journey through homeschooling was I learned that it wasn't about whether or not I had patience. It was about my willingness to receive patience through the Holy Spirit working out in me. And there was more than one occasion in my parenting with my children that I experienced him giving me patience, him giving me other things too, like wisdom and diligence, right? Joy. As I leaned into him, as I dared to depend on him, as I submitted to him, I could not take credit for that. Me and my flesh would have come unglued on the situation, the sibling rivalry, the disobedience or whatever. I would have come unglued. And I can remember several circumstances dealing with some of my children just going, yeah, that was not me. That was not, that was just, that was a God moment. That was the Holy Spirit giving me what I do not have on my own. I cannot take credit for having patience. I cannot take credit for having not come unglued. That was God. And the second half of this T at the end of our outline is not just don't or take no credit, not just that, but actually thank God. Thank God in an ongoing way. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks to God in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. In Christ Jesus. So moms, not only are we to not take credit, and here's the deal. We want credit when our kids are doing amazing, right? And But we don't want the blame when they don't do great. And here's the secret, though. Don't take credit either way. They're God's kids. They're God's kids. And you are to train and disciple them and let God do what only God can do in them and point them to God. And then thank God for what you see, what he's doing. Thank God for their strengths and for their weaknesses. Thank God for their struggles that he's drawing them closer to himself. Thank God. Thank God. One of the things that to me was so powerful in my, again, my homeschooling journey, my parenting homeschooling journey, was this whole idea of praying continuously. I did not know what that was before I had kids. Um, Much to my chagrin and shame, before kids, I really pretty much figured 
that I had life figured out and I didn't need God a whole lot because I, I had it. I could do this, right? I had kids and I was really pretty sure I could not do this. And I, I needed help because I couldn't. I, I couldn't do this. I didn't know how to do this. And like I said a minute ago, I didn't have the patience to do this. And I needed God. And I remember reading in the Bible about this whole praying continuously, praying without ceasing thing, which didn't make sense to me for the 24 years before I had children. But boy, when I had kids, I started to go, okay, I need to know what this is because I'm fairly confident that's my key to surviving this is praying without ceasing. And if you're a mom, I'm going to just tell you, this is it. It's constant prayer. And one of the prayers that I pray early in the morning, even still, now that even though the kids are gone, I still pray, wake up in the morning and thank God for sovereignty. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being sovereign over all things. Thank you that you go before me into today. You know what today holds. You know. I don't even know yet. I haven't even gotten vertical yet, And but you know. Thank you for going before me into today. Thank you, Father, for walking with me through today. Thank you that you do not abandon me today. Thank you that I do not face today alone. Thank you. Thank you for being with me today. I acknowledge that you are present here today with me. Thank you. And Father, thank you also for coming behind me today, for hemming me in from behind. Thank you, Father, that whatever today holds and however I respond, however well or poorly, thank you for being the great Redeemer, Father. And so for whatever happens today, Lord, thank you that you redeem all things. Thank you that you work all things together. Thank you, Father, that nothing is ever wasted with you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this day, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, I pray. That's a great way, Mom, to start off the day. It's a great reminder to yourself that this is the Lord's day, that He is sovereign over every day, this day, that you don't have to live every day of the rest of your life today. Just have today, moment by moment. That is His plan. That is His provision. And you can acknowledge his presence in the day, even before you get out of bed. And just thank him. Just thank him. Moms, that's what it looks like to set your mind on things above. To set your perspective for the day. I humbly suggest that you begin by thanking him before you even get out of bed. And it may mean, mom, that you already know some of the things that you're facing that day. I remember when we were unemployed and I would wake up and I would go, oh, we're still unemployed. Okay, Father God, I pray for the strength to get through today. Or maybe you've been up all night with sick ones. Okay, Father God, I pray, Father for all of the laundry that I have to get done today, right? I pray that you'll keep the other kids sick, miracle upon miracle, right? Or maybe your husband's traveling or whatever you want to fill the blank in. Or maybe it's a kid's birthday today. Father God, thank you for this child. Thank you for their birthday to celebration today. Whatever it is, moms, if we would dare to start off our days thanking God, thanking God for who he is. 
giving thanks in all circumstances. Circumstances shrink, by the way. Obstacles, challenges, frustrations, they all shrink when we acknowledge who He is. When we dare to remember that He is sovereign. Look, there's a huge push right now, and it's very vogue and popular to the first thing out of bed, if not the first thing while you're still in bed, to pick up your phone and start scrolling. And I just want to challenge you here today, don't do it. Don't do it. May the first thing that you do every day be that you acknowledge God and thank Him for who He is and what He's done and what He's doing. That you would be a mom that thanks God and focuses on Him first thing. First thing. It is so important, and it changes our perspective on the whole day. And mom, it rounds out our outline for the eight action items to chill out really well if we can just remember to thank God. I want to spend just a few minutes now going through a really a good review for this whole series. You may have just joined us today. This was a five-point series, so you can back up and catch all the episodes for this series. And you can go over to rachelcarmen.com and pick up the outline so you can do even deeper study on this. There's a couple of resources listed over there with links. One of my favorite resources, and I mention it often, is A.W. Tozer's Knowledge of the Holy. I just, I really love that book. And if if you really are serious about getting to know who God is, because I, I suggest to you that getting to know who God is makes all the difference. It changes everything. That little book is so readable and it's challenging. I read it at least once a year. It's got like little devotional short chapters and it, it's a great starting place, you know, beside the word of God itself to really dig in and get to know who God is, His attributes. So that information is over there for you, along with the outline that we have gone through. So I want to step through this again, the outline that we've done, and give you the scripture references for each one. And my challenge to you is just pick maybe one or two of these. And, you know, if if you do indeed find yourself challenged by tendencies towards obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, and control freak, you're going to get an eight-point outline like this, and you're going to beat yourself up until you get them all done. And so I'm going to challenge you, just start in one. Pick one place to start. And don't make this outline one more obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, control freak issue, right? Pick one of these to focus on. And if you if you don't know where to focus, here's the deal. God answers our prayers when we ask for him to show us where we need to start on transformation. And so, you know, in the King Hezekiah in the Old Testament, 2 Kings, he laid it out before the Lord. If you want to lay this outline before the Lord and say, God, which one of these do I need to start on? Where do I need to work on? Um, if you're, if, if you dare, you can ask your husband where he thinks you should start. <clears throat> you're welcome. But here's the whole outline. Um, again, it's the acrostic, the two words, chill out. C, change the way you think, Romans 12, one through two. H, hit the brakes, Mark 631. 
I ignore the competition and the opposition, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Listen to your kids, Philippians 2. Listen to God, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Outline your objectives, 2 Peter 1, 3. Unleash your laughter, Ecclesiastes 3, 4. And take no credit, thank God, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And so you'll remember that I have this chart for you, again, that you can pick up over at rachelcarmen.com. And the chart has these three mindsets that we've talked about, obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, control freak, and then the three other columns, how those mindsets manifest themselves and what it's all about and how you make others feel. And just as a review, obsessive compulsive, it manifests itself because you're just busy all the time. Do, 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 do. Because it's all about being productive and efficient and you make other people feel lazy. If you suffer with perfectionism, then it's everything has to be just so all the time because it's all about image and you make other people feel incompetent. If it's control freak, then there's only one way, and that would be mine because it's all about being right and in control, and you make other people feel unnecessary. And we talked about in the first session, the introductory episode that none of these ways that we make other people feel are good. They're all negative. And you can see how that really squashes flourishing in our homes or nourishing in our homes. That doesn't set a very good thermostat, a very good atmosphere for our homes. And in fact, if we persist in these patterns, we will create an atmosphere at home that our kids will want to do one thing, and that is get out and escape. Look, one of my objectives is to create, to have created, now that everyone's launched, a home atmosphere that my kids can't wait to get home to, that they want to bring their friends to, that they want to come and celebrate the holidays with. That was one of my objectives, which meant I had to abandon this. I didn't, I couldn't maintain those negative mindsets and just expect everybody to get over it and let me treat them and make them feel lazy and competent and unnecessary and still guilt them into coming home for the holidays. That does not work. So the good news is there is another way. So if you've already gone over to look at the chart, you'll see this there. And that's God's way in contrast to obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, and control freak. There's God's way, which is submitted to the will of God in your life. It manifests itself by someone, mom, that rests in God, not in self, not in accomplishments, not in illusions, but rests in God. Because it's all about God. It's all about Him. It's a shift in focus. And when we do that, we make other people feel loved. Because we're focused on Him. We're leaning in to His transformational power in our lives. We walk in grace and mercy and kindness. And guess what? We create a home atmosphere that indeed is safe in a haven against the storms of this life. Moms, I'm encouraging you to chill out, to abandon these mindsets that the enemy is trying to sell us and trying to get us addicted to. 
and to lean into God's way. I love you all. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible Curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.